Greeting, ladies and gentlemen, and all in between. Merry Xmas to you. Jason, my brother, how's it going? Fantastic, man. How you doing? Great, man. I'm excited. We have a, a very special guest tonight. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. For our Merry Xmas special. And how cool is it that an artist would take out their time when everyone wants to gig and have them for stage time and they come and share it with us? That's totally yeah. And badass, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll get to Austin Moe in a second, but... Uh, Let's get some horns up for Mr. Austin Mo. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's going on, man? It is negative four degrees right now. Well, you know, it's uh it's a little bit warmer here, but not a whole lot. Uh cold for the Carolinas, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh we have our uh, demented Christmas elf with us, uh yeah. Mr. Paul. Paul. That's uh, my buddy since way back, way back, way back, seventh grade. So and uh oh, so we're gonna do a new thing so here's here's jason so we're gonna start doing like sketches of people who come on so everyone will be uh in the uh creativity talking no oh, let, me, let me get my uh glasses up on my head there we go uh, you can't see the the knuckles dragging on the ground you caveman but you know and then there's our engineer biff strange oh yeah yeah you know so uh, Biff didn't want to talk today. He's uh, feeling a little feeling a little down. Mm. But anyway, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's bring on our guest and uh, check that out. Jamming away, oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, and all in between, one of the people who will save rock and roll, Mister Austin Moe. Oh, look, he's does a Christmas tree. Where is Mr. Austin? <laughs> there you go. What's up, dude? How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Thanks Good. for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor. And uh, so this is how I found out about Austin. So we started doing these reaction videos, right? Mm-hmm. And Jason, for the longest time, Austin was like sending me all these like, you know, metal, like, <laughs> like I like metal. Jira and stuff. You know, like that's what we're, you know, I, I can't stand Screamo personally. It's just not my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're always like part of that generation that shares music. And, you know, we're both musicians and, you know, Jason's an engineer and, you know, we, we both uh, were taught engineering by the guy who won five Grammys for the Eagles. You know what I mean? That works. So, yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, totally vested in the situation. So. I started, I found uh, Anthony Gomes and then mm-hmm. I played one of his tunes, did a reaction. And then this, someone said, Hey man, check out Austin Mo." You know, I'm like, all right. So I checked it out and I'm like, Oh hell yeah. Who's this guy? You know, <laughs> why haven't I heard about it? And uh, what is it dude about the power trio? It's easy. <laughs> you know what i mean because it too, so man. happens like all the bands we've chosen to cover so far mm-hmm. uh-huh. are all just happen to be power trios yeah yeah it's I'm, just uh you know it's a for me uh in my area the sacramento area there's a lot of that's kind of like the starting grounds for bands at least for the younger people uh-huh. um and eventually like if the guitar player or whoever it is in the group decides, Hey, there's something else missing like a rhythm player or keys or whatever. Then they expand more on that. And the way that I've approached playing guitar and singing is I've wanted to 
figure out how I can play leads and rhythm while singing at the same time without that lack of, oh, there's something missing. There's only three people, but something, you know, because sometimes you can see a three-piece and it's like, wow. And then other times you can go see a completely different band and it's like, oh, well, you know, it might have sounded better with a keyboard or like somebody somebody right, else, when, you when know. Works, there's nothing else like a, a three-piece. Oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah. And it's been the working formula for me pretty much since I've started mm. professionally gigging. Uh-oh. Did I disappear? He disappeared. Oh, no. Where'd he go? He's uh, in Christmas that, Something's going on. Oh, look, he's a flying <laughs> I'm what? not sure what's going on. There we go. Oh, no way. Right on. But yeah, I, I just love the sound of a three-piece, man. It's just simple down to it, and it it really pretty much makes you naked because you're the only one for your instrument. Right, yeah. right, right. And let me let me ask you this: Okay, did you start singing out of necessity, or were you always singing as well? Well, I started singing the way I started playing guitar, which was my dad tricked me into it because. <laughs> When, before I played guitar, there was this game that was very popular in the in the mid to late 2000s called Guitar Hero. Yeah. And I got way too good at that to the point where I could make myself like a snack and I'm still playing the song without looking at the television and I'm not missing a note. And so my dad's watching me do this more and more and more. Uh -huh. And he's sitting there. And we had a couple conversations, like just in passing, when I was a kid. He's like, "Hey, would you ever want to like learn the guitar or or anything like that?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, you know, I don't want to like mow that many lawns and wash that many cars and do that many yeah. loads of laundry to be able to work off a guitar." So no, I really, I'm lazy. I, I'm fine with right here. And um. So he called up his buddy. He told him the situation. He goes, Austin's learning these songs, but it's on five plastic buttons. Like, it's not a real guitar. Can he borrow a guitar from you? And this is my dad's best friend for like 20 years. Uh -huh. And he goes, okay, meet me at my mom's house where I grew up in whatever city it was. It's not too far away. And he goes, I got a surprise for you. And I don't want you to tell Austin. He goes, okay. So they meet up. And he pulls out, which is the same guitar in the, the River video. It's It was originally a 1969 Gibson Flying V. And come to find out through taking it apart and looking at the dates on the hardware and the pots that we presume that it had been, the neck had been replaced along with the hardware in 73 because all the pots and the neck pickup, which is original, to 1973 as, as well as the tuning picks so i was only supposed to learn you know a couple of my scales for maybe a month or two and then give it back to the guy mm -hmm. well my dad put up a bounty per riff of 25 cents he goes if you can play a riff without music i'll give you a quarter well okay i'm money driven so <laughs> he ran out of quarters really quick and he goes, okay, well I'll pay you. There's either like five or $10 a song that you can play all the way through. And then I bankrupted him on that. So then once I was getting to the point where 
at these blues gyms that I was sitting in with these guys who've been playing, you know, 40, 50 years and tour the world 10 times over. Yeah. Um, I was getting to the point where I wasn't as lost as I was. Cause they'd be like, Oh, it's, you know, we're going to do a one, four, five key of a, let's just start it. You know, it's don't worry about the words. Cause we have a singer. So when it got to the point where I understood the lingo, my dad was like, okay, so now I'm going to pay you $20 a song that you sing and play rhythm and lead on. And then he got broke again. And so by that point, it was a matter of I just got used to it. And I was encouraged and mentored by Ike Turner's first daughter, Twana Turner, uh, from his first marriage. And she taught me how to sing from my diaphragm and not from my throat and mess anything up. And uh, so, yeah, it was out of necessity, partially, but it was out of, uh, you know, good support from my family for the most part. Yeah. So so do you think, um, you know, you said you started out playing Guitar Hero. Was that really your first introduction to a lot of those classic rock tunes and stuff through the game? No, my dad raised me basically from the womb on like the Let There Be Rock album and like Kiss Alive 2 and Bad Company's Greatest Hits, Elton John. And every once in a while, Usher will be thrown there because, you know, you got to mix it up a little bit. So that was what my dad exposed me to. And my mom would listen to like Jason Aldean and... uh. What's a f- there's a female artist who she always played country girl and like Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash nice. and the old school just oh it was Dolly Parton and so I had lots of country and mm. lots of classic rock nice and that was my first exposure to those songs but it wasn't until much later into playing that video game where I realized oh I've heard this before I know this song I know how this this rhythm pattern is supposed to play out. Yeah. And for the most part, it was, you know, it's a game, but it was pretty on par for what you were listening to. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, uh, going from there, um, how did you start gigging? I mean, did you, did you find some guys, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, like, I mean, we used to do back in the day, jamming in the basement and you eventually go out and, you know, um, Oh, yeah. So, believe it or not, the very first lineup that I had, uh, how many members were there? It was, uh, I think I was a five-piece when I started, five five or six-piece, depending on who was available. And it was actually, so I can't remember how we met, and I know if they see this, they're probably going to be like, Duh, this is exactly, you don't remember how rude, you know, but, um, my first lineup was all Filipino guys. They all knew each other. They all played with each other and they loved, you know, like Steve Ray Vaughn and Joe Bonamassa and all this stuff. And so that was my very first stab at it, so to speak. And, um, from there, the better and better that I got you know, the more that I knew what I wanted. And so it progressed down to a four piece and then ultimately a three piece as it is now. And it's funny 
that you guys showed those stills in the beginning because that's actually um, still shots from a music video that'll be coming out for my EP when when that'll be released uh, late January, early February. This one here? Yeah. Yeah, those are all really cool guys. That, that was recorded in Boston. And they actually have a punk rock project. And I think they're a three-piece, actually. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, hey, where did you shoot the river video at? So, I live in Sacramento. And the city that it was shot in is called Somerset, which is about mm -hmm. two hours basically into nowhere. Yeah. And that whole property, the canyon included, was owned by one dude. And he had just the 10-mile stretch of basically all the way down and wow. when the band is playing on like that beachy area. Mm -hmm. We filmed the... Uh, baptism part on October 30th and the water was probably like 30 degrees right. mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it was like during the heat of the day which the heat of the day was probably like 60 so oh, yeah. it was cold <laughs> yeah. and God bless that guy's heart you know the the my good buddy Tom who's the teacher and the actor Adam who was you know the main guy who was going through the supposed troubles and stuff, you know, for yeah. the video. And then Halloween came and I always have to spend Halloween with my family because it's a very big deal for us. Yeah, and then so November 1st, we went right back up to the property and shot all the band shots. And even on that cliff and there's um, where the drone shot is, where it's just myself on that big rock. Yeah. There was that the center of gravity on that thing was just so wacky like and wrong that i just that would have been it <laughs> it was sheer just gone yeah so i had to lean forward the whole time so that's why if you if you watch really closely it looks like i'm like almost on purpose hugging my guitar yeah yeah we've shot in some you know some uh very dangerous areas for sure man i mean yeah uh <laughs> it's, the love, it's the love of the art. No, no, no normal person would do that. Right. But you had a you had drone shots, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So now think of that and think if a helicopter had to <laughs> oh, like, circle God. around. Yeah. Yeah, that would that <laughs> yeah. But thank uh, God for today's technology. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's so cool, man. It's like, you know, they can oh yeah, here's our helicopter. It's this big. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, and just you know, just as great, you know, because you wouldn't right. be able to do that for you know under fifty grand just to get that shot. But oh, yeah. oh easily, easily, yeah. right? So you know, but yeah, I lived out in L.A. for ten years. I was a special effects guy and tour consultant and all that shit. Jason was an audio engineer. Oh wow! Yeah, he did the worked on that little song, that little one called uh, "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston. Ha. That's great. <laughs> you know, Black Sabbath live, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Super but, uh, cool. Couple of guys. So is your dad a musician? Or does he no. just love music? Or does no, he just his signature music? line is he plays the radio. <laughs> but in my family, so on my dad's side, his brother, when he was my age, um, back in the day, uh -huh. was in a world 
touring beat tribute band and he sounded exactly like and i don't know the names because uh, i like the beatles but i'm not like obsessed with them right. so the sure. guitar player uh that's not mccartney i know he played bass george, was that george, george yeah bass. george yeah. so he's he sounded up until pretty much he passed away exactly like george and unfortunately he battled uh a lot of bad habits and so he wasn't around as much as right. my family would have liked yeah. But so that was a, a musician in the family. And then my dad's great grandma was a super famous Spanish opera singer. And mm-hmm. don't ask me the name because I always forget it. <laughs> yeah. And then on my mom's side, her dad's brother played like the fiddle and mandolin and banjo. So uh-huh. it's it seems, at least in my family tree, it kind of like skips a generation or two. Mm-hmm. and same with cars like my dad loves cars my brother got that gene yeah i got the music and my sister got the acting yeah yeah you know it's cool um your fan base is very interactive and very friendly and you know total supporting our little oh, they're, they're awesome man yeah and yeah. they're you know, so cool there's a bunch of people hey you know try this person next this that and the other and i was telling jason it reminds me of that ba- Back in our day, <laughs> like you'd go to the record store and it would look like it was barren, right? Mm-hmm. But no, everyone was in the import section because the artwork was fantastic. And a lot of times, if you didn't know it because they're from Sweden or wherever, wherever yeah. the band is from, you just went yeah. by the cover art if you didn't hear them. Right. You know, and everything wasn't accessible. So it was kind of like, hey, you like those guys? Check this out. Hey, you know, yeah. so <laughs> that's cool. Maybe like five different albums would exchange through your hands until you got the one that you were supposed to listen to that week, you know? Yeah. Right. But it's kind of, that's, that's cool. how it's been. And that's like, that's really exciting. Cause like, man, how many times can I hear fucking Stairway to Heaven? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And nothing against and, it, but you know. No, no, no. And I mean, that song is totally exciting. can't really change it too much, you know? Right. But to find good music, you know, cause for a while there, rock wasn't uh being properly represented so right the blues rock yeah. is really cool that that's i'm finding as i start listening to other guy oh my god you know like how how come i didn't know about this guy he's got 13 albums out you know and mm-hmm. so it's cool to, to get someone right at the beginning that like oh man this is yeah. great and he's uh being produced by the right individual oh know? yeah yeah um, definitely yeah mr uh Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank Hannon, right? Yeah, yeah. Frank and I, so we did, uh, we recorded four songs, released three of them. We we did The River, Take a Walk in My Shoes, and I'm Wanted. And right when kind of the tours were starting to go back into full swing in 2021, yeah. I was on YouTube trying to refresh my set because I was getting calls from local news saying, Hey, you know, uh, we're starting to lift COVID restrictions. We want to have you back, blah, blah, blah. So what are your dates? And I was like, well, I haven't even thought of playing in public in two years. So I need to refresh my set list. So I'm looking online for a cover of Pink Floyd's Young Lust. Mm -hmm. And I just type it in. And most of the time I go by the views and the thumbnail on how I'm going to choose what way I'm going to learn it. So this one uh, thumbnail caught me 
caught me off guard because it was like somebody had taken a professional photo and used it as a still. And I was like, oh, well, this dude's got to, I'm thinking this guy's got to have three or four different angles. You know, he's probably got like uh, fractal audio, something or rather plugged into his DAW. This is going to be great. Dude, this guy who now I've worked with twice. Uh, I flew to Boston two times last year to work with this guy. They did what Pink Floyd did to music, but they did it to their music. They totally flipped it on its head and made it just a powerful rock in your face. Just I I literally watched it for an hour straight and it's only four minutes. And then I sent it to my management Mm -hmm. and they called him and the guy just happened to be on break with and that he recorded that song with. And he goes, Hey, this is Joe America, guilty dog studios. Uh, is this da 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 out of LA? And my manager goes, uh, no, I wasn't expecting you to answer the phone. Um, we're just really big fans. We're out of California. He goes, really big fans. What are you talking about? And so we explained who we were and, and what we were trying to do. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't, describe the sound that i was trying to achieve because i i hadn't heard anything yet the best i could compare it to in my head production wise was ozzy osbourne's perry mason that big full just Mm -hmm. in your face punches you in the gut and the moment that i heard joe merrick's version of young lust that was it checked all the boxes it was enough modern with enough classic sound mixed in with it that we had to work together. And so Frank and I worked and every once in a while we'll get together and uh, pre-produce some stuff and, and he'll help me write some songs and flesh out more ideas. Mm-hmm. But at this time I am working with Joe out of Boston. And so I'll send him a demo. He'll come up basic track and then send it my way for approval. Yeah. And that is the handful of songs that we'll be releasing this coming year. Um, from my EP, Do or Die. Right on. Well, that's got to be exciting, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's totally killer. I can, uh, afterwards, if you guys want to sneak peek, I can show you guys what's going on. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So now let me ask you something. So as a producer, I mean, he's been at the heights where you... I mean, no one will understand more than him. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, so I mean, one, what what a cool yeah, it's awesome. cool for you. Yeah. Yeah. It it's still um you know, like wow, right on, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, I'm still not used to it. Like I have uh phone numbers from people played with rat and foreigner and stuff, and like there was one time they were in Costa Rica and they gave yeah. me a call, they're like, Hey Austin, what's going on? I was like where are you? He's like, Costa Rica. And I'm like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, we're just in the green room before we play, our, you know, the stadium over here. So tell me what's going on. What's Austin Moe doing? And I'm, <laughs> and so it's things like that, that thankfully I'm not used to, because if I was, I, I'd probably, you know, yeah, I can't let my ego get out of control. Right. right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's got to be cool because there's not, you know, at least from, uh, you know, 
whatever modern whatever modern commercial is left. It's not mm-hmm. a car driven. Trio's going, you know what I mean? So it's nice that you know. Oh yeah. People must be like, "Oh my god, thank you for help saving rock." Yeah, have you guys? <laughs> it's not a trio; it's a four piece. Oh, thank you, by the way. That that was a very nice compliment. Um, have you guys heard of Aaron Jones? No, no. Oh, he you would love him. So I met him. Uh, there's a YouTube video on my channel. It's from our competitions out of Seattle. And this is dating to about 2018, 2017 area. So it was put on by a billionaire. He rented the Mopop Museum. And the stage that we performed on was specifically built for heart for opening day. So it was just like hundreds, 200 wide, like 60 feet deep. They had these giant, I don't know how many hundreds of feet, uh, screens behind us with the name you know whatever you told them and so aaron jones was the main act afterwards and i was like man this cat is killing it well this last year he went on tour i want to say either the whole time or he caught the last leg of the rolling stones tour and he opened up for him nice and he played a bunch of local festivals up here uh, aftershock is the biggest one that we have in the sacramento area and it's like 200 bands and like 100,000 people show up just to our city just to jam and stuff mm-hmm. and he if you guys could talk to him yeah i think you would have a a great time listening to his stuff yeah. my favorite song if you're v if you're taking notes yeah that i think you guys would love is uh one of his latest singles it's called mercy all right yeah, we'll do a reaction video for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right on. I think you guys would dig it. Yeah, it's so cool finding new music and a lot of times, you know, you know, Jason hasn't heard it or I haven't heard it. Like I get to experience one for next week's that we're doing tonight that Jason has brought in to me. Yeah. So I haven't heard them yet. Yeah. You know, but right. we're not out to, you know, bash anyway. We just are sharing things yeah. that we love. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's so much Oh yeah. Totally. You know, there's so much eh, on the internet. It's like, why, why do you guys bother if that's what you're doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So it, it's cool that, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try to have more bands on that we do reaction videos for just because, you know, you, you now, I mean, like, what does he say the difference between marketing budgets? I'm like, is there a marketing budget? Now everyone right. has to market their own things, no matter who you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were in contacts with people who do PR with like Black Sabbath and Santana and stuff out of L.A. And we told them what we wanted to do. And they're like, oh, okay, well, because, you know, this person will give you a deal and it's eight thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, "Okay, well, at this time, you know, it's not in my budget. Maybe in the future, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's. Uh, this is for my benefit mostly, but let's uh, let's nerd out on some gear real quick. I just okay. real curious about uh, you know. I mean, obviously, I know you you got the the Gibson V's, but uh, I'm just curious about the rest of your rig, like what you're running and uh, what you're doing. 
So it, it, I'm on my current endless search for tone as everybody is. Well, I'm 50 and, years old and it never ends. So just, you know. And right now I have a, my head that I'm running is a PRF MT15 on the clean channel. That's the I Mark have a, Germani, right? The Mark, Mark Germani. Yeah. 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 I have a custom cab that's presumably from the 70s. I have no idea what it is. There's no markings on the uh, cabinet itself or the speakers inside. But the low end in it is for, for what I'm trying to achieve in my tone is just I can't even replicate it in any sort of amp sims or anything. Wow. And so I don't know how to create an IR of it, but if I ever could, it that would just make recording so much easier. So I have that. And then I'm running. I have a little miniature Helix, the HX Stomp. Mm-hmm. That has a Klon overdrive clone inside of it so i use that and i stack it on top of another overdrive and then i have some delay and and a little bit of phase depending on what i want for my solos yeah nice and how many flying v's do you have now currently i have two (laughs) yeah i have you you're saying sorry oh no i had a i had a gibson i had a, a red flying v gibson flying v that thing was Ooh, nice. Yeah, and I had to, you know, as any struggling artist, I had to sell oh, it for no. food. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Speaking of oh, artists, I hate those t-shirt? stories. See those? See this T-shirt? Hey, that's cool, man. Right, it's got it's all the peanuts, right? And I've got the Charlie Brown Christmas tree right there. Oh, well, right on. Yeah. So every day. Uh, my youngest son's been alive. I wear this on Christmas. So for That's 20, cool. 22 <laughs> years or 23rd year. Yeah. That's so, super cool. It's broken out once a year. So nice. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So I had uh, just happened to talk to this guy, Michael. I uh, went back and forth with him. He was a really nice guy. And you could tell he really supported his son. So I'm supporting my son as well. Who's a photographer. <laughs> and when you're in town, uh, He's like, oh man, I'd like to take some pictures of them. So, if it works yeah. out and you're in town, he can take some pictures, man. That would rock. He works yeah, some- we. I don't know how much time we'll have yeah. when I'm there in late January. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll keep in touch, man. And he works with uh, some hip hop artists. And actually, today he was downtown. They're giving away uh, winter coats. So, oh, right on! Yeah, super on cool. yeah. So in Thanksgiving, there was like uh, there's this one producer gets like something like a billion downloads a month something ridiculous right wow and uh this is like the people around like chance and all that and Mm -hmm. chance the rapper anyway so uh yeah they gave away i think three semi truck loads of turkey wow yeah so that's pretty cool that uh you know especially it's really cool to see when people make it big and they stick to where they came from they they stick around town Oh yeah. And they're like, hey, Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that that when when my break happens, I, I, I've got a little list that, that I'm doing first before I go and you know my dream rig or my dream house or, or whatever. So okay, so what's what's the uh what's the personal goal for the next five years? What do you wanna because touring right now is difficult with the 
the price increases, the lack, oh, a lot yeah. of people retired from it as far as the production side of it. Yeah. You know, so how's that crunch affecting planning? Well, it's definitely, you know, you just got to take it day by day pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, because some days there'll be, oh, we have so many slots available. And then the next day it's like, oh, well, you know, now because of either weather or inflation or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, those dates are no longer there. They're rescheduled till who knows what. Right. For me, in the next five years, I would like to at least two or three more albums out, like minimum, and to have at least gotten on a, a sizable tour or a handful of them with like a Brett Michaels or something like that, or mm-hmm. even play with, like I, I look up to Anthony Gomes a lot, and Dude, what a I cool think guy, man. Awesome. Oh yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Dude, that would That'd be, be great. great, Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm there, and uh, I guess he's doing some shows. He's opening up for uh, the Winery Dogs in like St. Louis area. So yeah. I'm hoping he opens up for the them when they're here at the Arcadia. And, That'd be uh, cool. Yeah, and the uh, uh. The guy who owns that place, everyone plays there. Queensryche, you know, the big, you know, that kind of, you know, size band. Everyone plays there. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to try to do a regular thing if they'll let us. But we'll see. But That'd uh, be cool. Yeah, man. And uh, also, there's, uh, you know, there's a nice little uh, a blue circuit here in Chicago, man. So maybe while you're here, you could, you know, book some extra days to make the trip worth yeah who knows a little bit more but uh all right so so how did how did you hook up with frank how did that all happen (laughs) well um i'll make a long story longer and (laughs) (laughs) so it was my 21st birthday and tesla was playing i had the i'm looking at the backstage passes it's behind the camera so if i'm doing this yeah If I go off screen, I apologize. It was September 22nd. My birthday's on the 11th. And so my family friend surprised me with tickets to the show. He was like, oh, my God, you've never seen Tesla? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've I've, I've never really, like, been a fan of Tesla. At at least I didn't think I was. Audible gap. (laughs) The name wasn't familiar to me, but I knew all their songs. Like, when I got there and they played word for word i knew the songs so i hit up frank cannon's personal photographer he's always there he's always at this local venue i said hey my family friend got me two tickets i would really really appreciate it you know because it's my 21st if we could just go in and say hello and then you can kick me out and that's that he goes oh dude i really wish i could but i'm double booked that date so unfortunately I can't make it. I was like, yeah. oh, man, you know, this guy's been watching them. Did kid basically started, which was their very first rendition of Tesla. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to my mom and I what I wanted to do. I was like, you know, I want to surprise him. Like he surprised me. And she was like, well, Frank's got Facebook, right? And I was like, well, yeah, but you know, he's not going to, pay attention to his Facebook. I don't think she's like, well, you never know. You can always just ask. 
Worst thing right. he could say is, hey, our backstage is too full. Uh, unfortunately, you know, maybe stick around afterwards and, and we can say, hey. So I write up this very polite, hey, this is who I am. I'm playing guitar for X amount of years. Uh, my family friend got me tickets. I would really like to surprise him and come backstage and say hello. So less than 24 hours later, I wake up to a message from Frank. He says, hey, Austin. I know who you are. I've been watching you for a couple of years. How many tickets do you need? I was like, <laughs> cool. Uh, two would be One. great. And he's like, okay, cool. So send me your information and you know, we'll, we'll hang out backstage. I was like, Oh my God. Like th this is happening. This is legit. Yeah. Like I can't believe it. Right. So my friend and I comes to the day of the show. We eat, we go to the venue early they won't let us backstage. And I'm like, dude, call Frank Hannon. Like, he specifically invited me here to meet me. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> I know, I'm just some kid. And um, so we couldn't get backstage, couldn't get backstage. Yeah. Finally, the venue opens. The opener's on. We show them our passes. They let us backstage. We're walking around. It's just a bunch of empty, like, road cases for their clothes and like a little Tesla pop-up. So I take my picture with, you know, the background and we go and sit down. So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of bummed and I'm like, well, you know, I know how it is to set up a show at a bar. I can't even imagine how it is yeah. to set up a show at this magnitude. You know, they're yeah. playing for uh, 5,000 people at this show. Yeah, dude, it's a drag. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> bummed. But I'm enjoying the songs of the opener, and I get a text from Frank, and he's like, hey, man, are you coming to the show tonight? And I was like, oh, yeah, we're here. You know, we just, we didn't find you guys, and so we, we're in the front row. He's like, oh, go to, the, go to the side stage. My guy's going to come and get you. Uh, what are you wearing? So I told him what I was wearing. And soon enough, we're backstage hanging out with Frank Hannon, yeah. and I'm doing my best to keep my cool but i think he could tell that i was just like in utter disbelief that this was happening yeah. and there's photos on facebook of the first time that we met and the grin that i have is like <clears throat> like uh michael keaton's joker like that's how <laughs> yeah. big my my grin was yeah, he's just one of my favorite players, Frank was so cool and he, yeah. he was just such a humble guy. And yeah. one of the, one of the first things that he actually complimented me on was that I was singing and playing guitar at such a young age. He's like, dude, if I would have done that by your age, right. you know, as a main singer, not as a backup singer, he, you know, I compliment Jeff, but I was still learning yeah. at that time when we were even when we were you know in the heights yeah. and he goes if i can give you any advice is to keep trying to improve not only your voice but your guitar playing and mm -hmm. don't be an ass to anybody if you can help it if they deserve it they deserve it but do your best right. to be humble and right, be a good right. guy and a good hang yeah. and i was like wow this is like this is a dude who's literally he's done what i'm striving to do so even to this day you know uh, i can't even think of a situation where i've had to you know treat somebody poorly because it's just it's not who i am it's not my character 
Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and especially the people who've been around for, you know, who've proven the test of time and they're, you know, professional, dedicated. Oh, yeah. Decade long musicians. If you're an asshole, man, you're not going to last. Right. I mean, that because oh. if no one wants to work with you, Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean it works in very rare things and mm-hmm. weird pockets. More of the older people, you know. Because oh yeah, gonna, they're not going to. I mean, I mean, if you're that way, you could play 500 seaters all night long. You know, right? Right. If you have your cult little following, but it's right. it's just so much easier and experience yeah. is way and, better for everybody if you're just cool with it. Yeah, and being you know? out, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's contagious. You know. Oh, definitely. It's real simple. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the, the world could, if the world could just relax for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just uh, get some, get some crop dusters and and uh, a very specific plant and chill out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What am I? Uh, oh yeah, I am enjoying uh, the sativa gummies. By the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. just two more jason there you go say good night um okay so what what are your uh some of your favorite christmas memories since it is axmas eve let's see my favorite christmas memory i'm trying to think uh as far as music goes would be oh i got one okay so we have a, they don't like the term, the term mega church, the church that I go to, it's, it's called Bayside, uh-huh. but they do have several facilities in the area. They're, they're doing really well. Yeah. And when I'm 10 years old, they do this huge production for Christmas. And it's always their guitar player at the time toured with Steve Perry, Perry first back in the mm-hmm. uh, early eighties. And the kid was, well, he's not a kid now, but at the time he was 16 years old and was wow. contracted for like three years and did all that and left to become our guitar player for my church. And I s- distinctly remember they had a drum solo and me being so young, I loved every minute of it. And then the drum the risers started rising like we were at a Motley Crue show and then it went straight up and down and the dude started spinning and while doing all this and I can't find a video anywhere like at all because I'm sure there was some crotchety person who wrote the pastor an email saying how dangerous and blah 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 and and they've never done it They've never done anything like that since. And so wow. those memories with Lincoln Brewster and his band trying to really push. Did you say Lincoln what? Brewster? Yeah, that that's the, uh, good, that's my. Uh, he plays in your church? Worship leader. Yeah. Oh my That's God. the worship leader that we have. He's awesome. He's got his own signature strat. Does he not? The gold one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But those, those events leading up to just to see what they could do basically in the area to really like not only draw people to Christ, but to, to leave an everlasting impact. I mean, he's really the very first influence that I ever had of wanting to play an instrument because he'd come out in his talk. 
And I'm like six years old standing there with my parents in adult church because the kid church had, had already filled up and I'd fall asleep for the message. But up until that point, I was like, Oh my God. He's an amazing player. I want to do. Yeah. That you just kind of blew my mind a little bit. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, dude, some yeah. of the production facilities the churches have are amazing, man. Like Pat plays, oh, yeah. you know, from the Beard Speaks. Yeah. Uh, oh, and we're doing White Snake, by the way. End of the month. All oh, right. On. I better, yeah. do, I better do my homework, I guess. My so. album, yeah. Hurry up. You suggested <laughs> this one. But, yeah. uh, well, uh, man, Austin, you're surrounded by greatness, man. I'm telling you. You got all kinds of great guitar players around you. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I'm, I've been so blessed with the people who – like, look at this. Who have yeah. doody doody do. Yeah. Yeah. That was Man. that was me and Frank. And uh it was just a killer night. Hey, when can I come over and get some hang time with these guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look. oh, here's another yeah. one. Oh, dude, I think I'll just jam with uh Jared John. Doody doody do. Oh yeah, Jared James. Oh, dude, monster. that was that was such a fun show. Yeah, that oh my god, that was this year. Yeah, and and that was just uh, uh, I didn't even expect to get an email, let alone a yes saying that, yeah, sure. You can open the show because I woke up, I woke up early, which early for me is a normal time for like somebody who has like a nine to five. So my mom got up, she was extra noisy that day. It was like seven 30 in the morning. And if I can't go back to bed, I'll on Facebook. And so I see this post and the club is, uh, that that was shot at it's called the Folsom Hotel okay. and there's a club down the street that's called the Powerhouse which Jared has played at with Frank and the Powerhouse can hold if you really push it you know probably five to six hundred people mm-hmm. the Folsom Hotel can maybe if you push it hold a hundred so I wake up and it says Jared James Nichols Folsom Hotel blah 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 whatever the date was i said there's no way that this is they they have to have the address wrong it's got to be the powerhouse like jared is way bigger i mean than these gen these venues in my opinion mm-hmm. but maybe they got the address wrong so i realized that i had added his manager sometime in the past so i shot him a message i said hey this is who i am i've worked with frank hannon blah 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 Jared's been uh, a huge influence on me on over the last couple of years. Do you need an opener? If so, can I be considered? He goes, Oh dude, Austin. Yeah. You know, we were going to reach out to you, man, because Frank has shown us your stuff and we think it'd be a great fit. And I'm like, uh, cool. Can I, can I play with him? Like, can, can I do the show? They were like, Oh yeah, why not? And then the more that we started talking, he was like, oh, so um, can you send me over your email? You know, we need to we need to arrange, you know, this on, on a more professional thread because this was over Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, and, uh, you know, you'll be paid this much. And I was like, I'm getting paid, too. This is <laughs> right. This right. Is great. Right. And so right. then then after after about a, a week and a half, two weeks go by because I didn't want to mess with their schedule and stuff and i didn't want to come off as like annoying i sent a very polite hey i noticed that jared knows how to play stranglehold and if he wants to play with my band and i we would love to have him and so i didn't hear anything for like almost almost to the week of the show 
Maybe it was a week and a half before. Yeah. And he goes, hey, that's a great idea. You know, Jared really doesn't play with anybody else but his own group. So why don't you play with Jared and his band on Stranglehold? I was like, uh, yes, right. I'll do that. <laughs> Ten times over, twice on Absolutely. Tuesday. Yes, you will. <laughs> of course I will. <laughs> right. And he oh, was just cool. such a cool you know, guy. I mean, Jared is a he's a gentle giant man. He let me hold his his uh Dorothy, which is the nineteen. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was... he showed me Dorothy and that thing weighs like literally five pounds, maybe. Yeah. And, I, was, oh. I was telling Vince the story at Dorothy recently, oddly enough. Yeah. Is it a fifty or a fifty one? I can't remember um, the body. You know what? I, I think it's a 51. 51. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Because uh, I may be remembering this incorrectly, but I want to say either the pots were still in it or yeah. one of the P90s were still in it when they yeah. found it. Yeah. Because if I remember right, when um, when that the fan had given it to him, he had, um, uh, I think his name was Joel in Philly, the was a very good luthier uh, mm-hmm. did the work, built the neck for it. And I think he, it maybe rewound the, 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 the pickups and stuff. Cause I was yeah, following yeah. that whole process at the time. And I mean, it's amazing now, you know? Oh yeah. Done, yeah. 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 He's from uh, East Troy, Wisconsin, which is about 60 miles from here. And oh, uh, wow. it's a yeah. short drive. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, yeah. So <clears throat> what's funny, like, cause right after, you know, cause I had heard about him, you know, some years back before the plague hit and all that stuff. So I know I'm listening mm-hmm. to your stuff automatically. Some of his stuff. Are, I'm like, oh, because I had forgotten his name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a dig. Just like, you know, like I had the the I had the uh, I had the plague. And after that, my memory hasn't been like 100 percent, you know, so I'm like, eh, you know, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, recognized him, you know, I'm like, because, you know, the guitar looks like this big. <laughs> He's a big <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, you know, he eats so weights for breakfast. Got, yeah, and he was yeah. just going through town past couple of days doing uh promotions and stuff. Anyway, so we're gonna do a reaction video actually after this one, and we find out that he's gonna release an album on the 13th of January, so we'll wait. Oh, then, wow, tune, so yeah, we'd like to have him on, so you know, that would be cool as well. He seems like a really he, cool individual, you know what I mean? He is, man, and he's it's like it's kind of weird because he he's like a giant puppy dog like tails wagging all the time (laughs) and he's just he's just happy to be there and he's from the minute i got there he was in a great mood and even at the very end of the night he's like hey man you have a cell phone right i'm like yeah well here take down my number uh call me sometime and if i'm in nashville you know and i have the day off or something and you're in town you know let's just go hang out i'm like all right fair enough yeah yeah he seems like a cool dude you know and then uh joe bonamassa also seems like a cool guy oh yeah when i when i met him with my dad it was just surreal that that was another highlight of i mean there's another guy i mean he's got four different bands every year four different like each quarter is a different project mm-hmm. boom album tour yeah album tour i'm um, like that dude is- i don't know how he does it oh, he stays yeah, on like the like honestly he's a monster dude and what yeah. a talent like holy shit is that guy talent i just i just wish his uh his project with glenn hughes and uh jason bottom would, uh, would black reconnect and black, yeah. Black yeah. 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 yeah yeah they really 
heavy stuff. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. I met him when he was 15. When he was, I worked on, uh, we recorded Bloodline when he was in that band um, back in the really? day. Really? Yeah. But um, yeah, he's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to see what he's done over the years, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went to college with Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the the college. Yeah, they used to come. They used to come hang their flyers up in our school. Uh huh. Cool. Playing the Kitchen Club in Miami. Oh my yeah. god, Dude, the Kitchen Club! I always remember going there, never remember coming back. That's all I can say. Right. <laughs> you know, you just you wake know. up somewhere. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, <laughs> um, okay, Jason, do you have a, a good you know Christmas Christmas uh, story? Other than the fact that Chris Kringle may have actually come down your chimney because you kind of look like him, brother. <laughs> a good Christmas story. Um, um, that good, huh? Nothing's coming to mind, man. All no right. dog dares. What's that? <laughs> I said no triple dog dares. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So since it's the I will tell my yearly Christmas story. Okay. So, uh, so I got hurt on a, uh, on a job on a Tyson chicken commercial. While I was doing special effects, right? So get hurt on this job. I have to have these surgeries. So I would walk as part of my physical therapy and I'd walk past West LA music every day. Cause you know, I was, you know, I was eyeballing gear plus they're air conditioned and I could stop in there. And my goal mm-hmm. was to get to, uh, <clears throat> UCLA, which was four miles and then back four miles. And once that happened, I'd feel that I was pretty much done with, you know, the heavy physical therapy. Right. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so it's the day before Christmas Eve. I can't fly back to Chicago. And uh, Austin, are you there? There you go. Yeah, I'm so still flying, here. Oh, no worries. So I, was, I couldn't fly back to Chicago, feeling down. I'm on disability, uh, you know. So I'm walking past, and on the there's a pro side and a commercial side. They're on separate sides of the street, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm walking past, and there's this dude who's like six foot eight. Standing there, he's like, "You come with me." I'm like, "Okay," and I'm hobbling. <laughs> my, you know, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not going to argue," you know. And uh, so anyway, reminds me when I had the hair, Jason. Right. So anyway, one. so I go in there, and there's these people all gathered around, right? And you could hear someone playing the piano. And I'm like, you know, holy shit. And they all turn and look at me at the same time. Like uh, I set off an alarm or something, you know, and (laughs) they turn around and they split like the Red Sea. And they walk me up to the guy in the bench of the piano. Right. And they're like, sit down. I'm like, I'm not sitting down on the bench. He's playing. Oh, no, it's okay. Sit down. I am not sitting down <laughs> next to him. He's playing. So they whisper in the ear, and the guy goes, sit down, man. It's cool. So I sit down. So for the next half hour, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is coming to town, every favorite Christmas song, you know, in a half hour from my mm-hmm. childhood, right? So at the end of the half hour, I turn, and I got like a tear rolling down my eye, my, down my cheek. And I'm like, thank you, Mr. Wonder, for the best Christmas present. Oh, my gosh. Stevie Wonder gave me a half hour fucking 
personal Christmas. Fucking wow. Yes. That is so and cool. the whole way home, I'm crying. I'm like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so I used to listen to Stevie Wonder since I was a kid, man. You know? right. Oh, I love Stevie. Yeah, we we actually, we would go to Disneyland and play his um, double album front to back. And by the time that we would get there, it would be on repeat only for the third time. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh dude all those songs there's even some that like i'll i'll hit shuffle on spotify yeah. and that'll immediately just within an instant i'm back in the back seat of my car i'm eight years old going to disneyland and we're going through the grapevine like it just it right shoots back. me back yep. it's crazy it's the yeah. beauty of music man mm -hmm. yeah i haven't been back to california in like 20 years man you're not missing much. I mean, it's warmer, but that's about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So, I don't know, maybe Colorado. I'm thinking of getting out of Illinois, but maybe Colorado. We'll see. Wait until February. <laughs> well, not now. No, yeah. Thinking of four degrees without the wind chill. So, what's the wind chill? Negative 30-ish. Negative 30. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. nice. Absolutely. All right, so... Who is there a musician that you want to play with that you haven't yet? There's too many. Um, <laughs> like currently, let's say older legendary players that might only be around for ten more years or so. Oh, okay, that narrows. It. Um, like if there was I one that you know. Oh, Paul Rogers, Paul Rogers, or David Gilmore. Gilmore first and then Paul Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Rogers. What a voice on him, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. I saw him. If we were uh, going. Go ahead. If we were going just slightly younger, I'd say Tommy Shaw. Oh, Tommy Shaw. Yeah. Well, Steve Miller Band. Um, mm -hmm. When we worked on his tour, uh, Paul Rogers Band opened up. Oh. And him and Steve. Him and Steve would do this forty-five minute blues jam in the middle of just straight of Steve's set. Yeah, just forty-five minutes straight <laughs> of just insanity. And I have to say that Steve Miller Band has uh, that was my first one of my first really really cool concerts because you know a lot of the metal stuff back in the day, a lot of craziness and shenanigans and you know yeah. spikes and all that shit. And but anyway. Everyone from seven to seventy-five, and everyone is dancing, having a great time. Yeah, that's you know cool. what I mean? That's that's were, the ultimate goal, you know. If as an artist on stage, dancing, they weren't causing a ruckus. You know what I mean? They're yeah. There's no greater feeling than than seeing that from a stage perspective. Yeah. You know, like for instance, like right around the corner from me, there's a bar, uh, blues bar called Johnny Blitz. So if mm -hmm. you play at Buddy Guys and Fitzgeralds in Chicago, you you also play johnny blitzes so at the, yeah. end, the last tuesday of every month he has uh the harp player who plays the buddy guy come down and then like the top 40 harmonica players from the midwest blues scene all come to jam i think i know my buddy i'm, I'm almost certain my buddy's been invited to that multiple times yeah uh, he's literally cat up here 30 second walk from my house <laughs> yeah I, I i am i am confident that my friend he's he's yeah. only 
I want to say he's maybe 30, but um, he's, he's played with like James Cotton band and uh, the surviving members of that. And he's done benefits for, you know, I'm not a harp player, but the original like South, they were doing a conversion from their house into a museum type of thing. And uh, my buddy, he would just fly out randomly and come back like two and a half weeks later. I'm like, where'd you go? He's like, oh, you know, played played here, played Buddy Guys Club, played with people from his band, this group. And I'm like, right. wow. Yeah, we're going to have John. Johnny's coming on the show. That guy's a fucking character, man. He's from Sardinia. And uh, where's that? Uh, Sardinia is an island um, off of the coast of Italy. Oh, oh! And this guy's old school. He thought I was like South Side Italian when I walked in there. Sat at the end of the He's like, "Hey, South Side Italian." He's I'm like, like, no, no, no. suburban, Bullock. suburban Bohawk. You know? <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, he was a cool guy. And ever since then, uh, you know, we've struck up friendships. Really cool. So I was there one day, and I don't know if you know who this gentleman is, Herman Hines. The name sounds familiar. Dude's 92, a Chicago Blues legend, walks in on open mic night and just tears the place apart. Kills. As you do. Yeah. Just like, you know, <laughs> you know, I was there, brought a couple of friends, and then some guy comes up while he's performing. So Mr. Hines is seat- seated in a chair. He's 92, walks with the, the, the assistance of a cane, a really classy cane, by the way. You're welcome, mm-hmm. Herman. And uh, really cool guy. So this guy comes up right to him. And he's like, hey, man. Notes from the laundry, from the grocery store. So he's like, hey, man, hey, man. And I go up to them. I'm like, dude, get out of the guy's face. Like, he's literally singing, and he's like, wants a high five. He wants him to stop what he's doing. <laughs> Herman's, Herman's telling you a story. Herman's testifying. Uh, eyes closed, do, you know, singing his heart away. And this guy's like, uh. So the guy wants to bail, you know, he's like, you want to sing? Fuck you. Puts the mic back in the guy, you know, that was, it was totally rude. Right. So my friend hadn't sung Jenny, Jenny Russ. So she hasn't sang in public in like 10 years, really good singer. So he walks over, he's Mm -hmm. ready to split. I'm like, Hey Herman, here's my two female friends. They're in from out of town from, you know, Arkansas and Atlanta. Oh, Hey, ladies. <laughs> stay a little longer, man. Stuck around a little bit. You know, we got him back in a better mood. And then uh, Jenny and Herman went back and sang um, uh, Tennessee Whiskey. And then oh, another, cool. another tune. So he stuck around and, like, you know, closed the night. So nice. He's going to right up. on. Yeah. I actually want to do a documentary on him. What a. He uh, retired as a prison guard from Statesville, Joliet, Illinois prison. Hmm. And wow. then. Became and then started doing the blues full time and like became overnight blues sensation and he's been constantly gigging for twenty years or twenty two, yeah, twenty five years. But what a cool guy, man! You know, just yeah. happened to be there. You know, so mm-hmm. okay. So how did you? Okay. Um. Oh, what shows this from? Oh, that's from when we opened up uh, for Tesla this year. Oh, nice. Oh, you got to open up for Tesla? Yeah, yeah. I got a, a 7 a.m. wake-up call. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So 
the story with that is I hadn't, you know, because Frank's touring for a majority of the year. So I hardly hear from the guy unless he needs an extra hand around the property. Then I'll come up and hang out and what have you. And, right. you know, who knows how long it'll be before I hear from him again. So you, it was going your, on your Luke Skywalker Yoda time in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was probably going on five ish months. And uh, I hadn't heard anything Jamie from him. Will. And, Jamie will. And uh, <laughs> that week, Frank buys a Harley. Oh, so yeah, I, I saw it on Instagram or one of them. Yeah, the black one, right? So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in my bed. I hear my parents freaking out, yelling Frank's name. So my first thought is that, oh, oh no, Frank got hit and they're canceling. That was my first initial response is being 90% asleep. That's where my brain went. Right. So my dad runs in the room, wakes me up. He's like, get up, get up, get up. You need to come into the room right now. I'm like, "Uh, what time is it? He's like, doesn't matter. Get up. So I'm leaning in, in the hallway of my parents' room. I I got socks on and and PJs and I'm like what was why why what's going on man they're like get up you're opening for Tesla I was like good one guys I'm going back to bed they're like no you need to go look at your phone Frank has called you five times in a row and you haven't answered it's <laughs> 7 a.m. you have 30 minutes to give him a yes or a no and I was like. Oh my! Oh, oh no! <laughs> like I started freaking out and kind of hyperventilating. Right. They're like, relax. We've tried to call your drummer. Uh, you know he's out of town, so let's call the other guy. I have two or three drummers that I have on rotation, and so I called Tony, who's actually the you can see his arm in that photo and the green John Bonham replica kit that we used. Mm-hmm. And um, so I give him a call and he owns some jet skis and stuff. His properties on, on the Sacramento river. I go, Tony, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? It's 7. AM. Why are you up so early? I was like, what are you doing? Where are you? Stop what you're doing. And so he pulled over and he's like, what's going on, man? I said, what are your plans today? He's like, well, you know, my girlfriend and I were, uh, hour up the river and blah blah blah. We're gonna go have lunch at my favorite restaurant. Da da da. We're meeting some friends. I said, "Well, that's nice." And he's like, "What do you? What do you? What? What's going on?" I'm like, "We're opening for Tesla. You have till 4 p.m. to do whatever you want, but the clock strikes four. You need to be at the venue. We need to be loading in." And he's like, "Oh my God! I gotta, I gotta go tell everybody. I gotta go home and." <laughs> I got to get ready. I got to go clean my drums. I got to do this. I'm like, don't tell me. Go do it, bro. Like, get at it. I'm not giving you an option. You're it. So no pressure. <laughs> and then I called the bass, my bass player. His name is Nick. Nick doesn't answer his phone because he works really odd hours sometimes. And that week he did. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, if and it was 15 minutes already had gone by. I was like, dude, if Nick doesn't answer, like we're, we're told, I don't have anybody like he's it. So he is close enough away to where my folks hop in the car. They race over 
to beat down the door. His girlfriend answers and is like scared. Like what's going on? Is, is Austin okay? Right. We're like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's great. Where's Nick? She's like, Nick's asleep. She's like, wake him up. Spill some water on his face or something. He needs to be <laughs> out here. So he wakes up. We tell him what's going on. He's like, oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Then let's do it. Let's, let's knock this out. Let's go. Let's go have some fun. And we showed up to the venue. I called the photographer who took that shot that day uh, at like eight in the morning. And he asked me the same thing. What are you doing up so early? And I was like, dude, this is what's going down. Can you be there? And so he showed up and uh, it was just, there wasn't any time to think. It was just straight up, go and have fun. And it was, it was amazing. And the last thing that I can remember from that show is outside during our set, it was about 110 to 115 outside during the summer. And the previous temperature, the record period was 120 oh, degrees. Yeah. Outside, it was 110. Wow. The surface of the stage, the prior record was 120. We broke that by 20 degrees it was 140 degrees on the surface of the stage did wow. your shoes while we were playing no no thankfully but oh dude wow. as soon as i was done getting my stuff off the stage i almost collapsed yeah like it was rough but it was great it was such a cool just cool experience awesome that's awesome man so uh what do you have going on for so can you do you have something coming out that you can give a uh, maybe a title of and a possible date ish? Well, I I mentioned my EP earlier right. uh, when we were talking, and the title for it is going to be called "Do or Die." Okay, and we're shooting to release it most likely early February. Okay, at the latest like the second weekend but yeah. we're finishing up the the artwork currently right on. and the songs are recording it's really killer and um yeah we're just that's our main focus right now gotcha gotcha yeah i didn't know if you wanted a, a name a date earlier so i'd figure i'd bring it up again just so to keep it in mind and austinmoexperience.com you can go and uh, check out some more information about austin also become a subscriber on his youtube page want to get that out there before anything else so do you have any further plans to open up for tesla now that you've done that that's a pretty good cred you could probably open up for anybody now that you've opened up on a certain level you know what i mean right yeah well it's um it's kind of a matter of their their scheduling yeah. because for the most part you know well you guys know more than i do once the tour is announced you know, all the details have been finalized already. Right. Yeah. And the reason why I got that call is because Buck Cherry was slated to right. open for them. Okay. And they were playing a show in LA and the singer walked on stage, sang a song and then spent the rest of the night throwing up. He right. got COVID that night. Well, wow, bummer. And so they woke up to that phone call and Tesla was like, Oh dude, what are we going to do? Like I no manager was like, I'll call these four guys, blah, 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 blah. You know, we've worked with them before. It's been great. And stop what you're doing. 
don't calling Austin first. Let's give right. him 30 minutes. Right. And Why, yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> the rest <laughs> is history on that one. Yeah. Right. And what a great, I mean, that's how the magic happens. I mean, that's usually what, how people start all the great stories. That's a, yeah, man. Just by someone got sick. Boom. We filled in. Yep. Next thing you know, yeah. someone sees, sees you. And then two years later, after you've done six other tours with other people, they're like, Hey man, saw you at the data. And then all of a sudden you're with this band X amount for the next year and a half or, you know? Oh yeah. That happens with local, like, um, yeah. With local shows, I sat in with one song with a local cover group at a winery up in a town called Rockland, mm-hmm. and it was really intimate and just maybe like 40 people there. And still, to this day, this is three years ago now. Uh, well, no, it was pre-COVID, so a minimum of four to five years ago. Okay. And played a whole lot of love, and that was it. Because I didn't want to be rude. I could, if bands would let me, I would sit there and play the rest of the night with them because I'm a performer and I just love it. Yeah. You're a musician. So, yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. And even like I'll be walking around with my family, they'll be like, Austin. Um, and then I'm like, hey, you. Right. Right. And I'm just honest. I'm like, hey, man, I've met so many people and I got to be. I got to be truthful. I have no idea who you are. Like, I know we've met, but I just, I can't remember. And they're like, you remember that one time you sat in and played a whole lot of love with that, at that winery that one time? I was like, are you serious? Right. <laughs> Out of everywhere that I played, you know, Tesla included and all this stuff, that's where right. you remember me? They're like, yeah, it was fantastic. I was like, well, you should come out to my shows. Like, that wasn't even, that was just me sitting in. Right. You know, and there's, yeah. you know, there's a difference between, you know, like, going and guesting for a song and sitting in with the band. That's what's right, so cool yeah. about blues. You go to a blues club, you're going to see a blues band. <gasps> Who's sitting in? Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and they're like there for the whole show and they're, you know, they're not there to showboat. They're doing their thing, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what, you know, I, you know, cause yeah, I'm a huge fan of heavy metal and the heavier stuff, but it kind of looks goofy when you're 60. Unless you're Rob Halford and a few, I mean, sorry, it does to me, you know. And I'm like, man, yeah. why don't why don't they just like take their tunes and just bluesify them? And the, uh, that, oh, well, oh, some people, you know, I've played with some people who are fantastic, like speed shredders on bass and drums and stuff. Yeah, blues to to certain people, it cannot, it just does not equate because with yeah, yeah. with. Like metal and stuff, you're very on on top of the beat, sometimes almost pushing it. Right. You're right on the downbeat. And with blues, you can be on it. You can be just, as far as the rhythm section goes, just behind it to give it that, right. that breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Or you can emphasize certain parts with pushing and pushing like a metal player does. Mm-hmm. But when I've played with those people who, you know, doing Megadeth and and up are fantastic and we try and do bb king it, it just doesn't work man yeah. right not saying it's impossible sure but from my experience locally and that's probably i'm sure just my bias because i'd be like well you know if you're a singer you could just get by switch over to the blues if you can't hit the you know oh yeah oh yeah people can't hit the high notes hey man go go the blues route and you're good to your 90 now you've got a whole nother job yeah 
the fans, you know, or jazz, you know, yeah. you know, and that's what, you know, cause we, you know, had a few Van Halen episodes and uh, that's what made Van Halen so different than everyone else. Everyone else was based in uh, their hearing blues through the bands from England. Mm. And Van Halen was influenced by jazz and big band. Yeah. And that's more the, David, more David than I, I mean, I well, Eddie played in a jazz trio with his dad and his brother. So that's, that's true. Inherent in mm. their, in their sound right off the bat. Oh yeah. And, and due to the fact that, you know, Eddie really out of necessity had to figure out how to make sounds with his, only his guitar. Yeah. You know, cause they just, they didn't have, yeah. the money to to go buy the marshals yeah, and, and alex van halen is one of the most underrated drummers ever oh like why yeah. isn't he in the top five every list right you know what i mean like yeah. what a tough spot to be in you know what i mean but he's just phenomenal but uh so uh too bad we're not going to get that van halen so what do you think about the wolfie the wolf oh, dude okay so oh the gem that he did or just him in general well whatever both so i had two opportunities to see him this this uh last year or two and i missed both of them one because i had a show and the second time was at the festival aftershock that i mentioned earlier uh-huh. it was my first year going but i had performed i can't remember where which just shows of how how good my memory is but i played a show and usually i have a day or two rest just to relax and let my body just chill out for a little bit and then get back into swing of things but my buddy gave me his extra ticket to this festival and mammoth was playing and Steel Panther back to back, and Mammoth was like, like <laughs> "That's awesome for people." Who which don't is play. a really weird lineup. Like there right. was more, but that was like the main stage. Nineteen eighty-seven, so, by the way, great tune. And um, so Mammoth was at like eleven, and Steel Panther was maybe around noon, and I did my best to drag my body out, and I look at the time. And it was already eleven thirty, and I was like, "Oh, dang it! I missed, I missed Eddie's kid." And so we get there, and I saw the last encore of Steel Panther, and it was very not safe for work in the chorus. And I was like, "Oh man, I missed them too." But it was like, it was still pretty cool. I love the fact that he's now like with the with the uh, Taylor Hawkins tribute. Yeah, doing at least a little bit of his dad, right? And dude, that was incredible. it's funny, incredible. yeah. And it's funny to watch his interviews and from his perspective, where <clears throat> he addresses the people that are like, Oh, well, the only reason you can play like that is because you're his kid. I mean, why don't you actually put in time? And there, and he's like, You don't think I, I had to put in time right, to be able right. to play That's like insane. my father? That person was only half stupid. The first part of the sentence <laughs> is totally correct. The first part. Right. No one else could play that like Eddie's mm-hmm. son. Do no. Like, first of all, you have to know what the hell you're doing. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's a skilled player, absolutely, uh, of every totally. instrument and a vocalist. Mm-hmm. But due to his genetic, I mean, his you know he's gonna move like his dad. Yeah, and you know, it, I mean it helps that he was on tour with him for ten years. Oh, absolutely. Whatever it was. No, yeah. you know, like a hundred people could play that, but you'd know which one was Wolfie. Totally. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. it, you know, it just is is right. It's not you know sacrilege. It's still kind of weird seeing people play Eddie's stuff. Yeah. You know, I think it was a good tribute, and with all the drama surrounding Van Halen, you know, not on Wolfie's part, but the older guys, just whatever. Totally. It's unfortunate because it, it could have been a really cool, cool thing, but you know. Oh yeah. What are you gonna? Okay, so who are your dad's favorite bands? Well, right now, I know for a fact, Aaron Jones, who I mentioned to you guys earlier, mm-hmm. is and Anthony Gomes and Marcus King. Marcus, oh, are you guys familiar yeah. with him? He's right. He's our hometown boy. I live in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, right on. Well, yeah. then, yeah, you would know out of. Yeah. But um, so those are like his top three. Like I'll wake up and come out, and he'll be like, "Hey, did you hear this song, oh, Anthony?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I might have." And he's like, right. "Well, no, you gotta uh, plug. Just stop what you're doing. Don't don't get breakfast yet. Let's listen right. to this." I'm like, "All right." But those are his three that I've noticed recently that he's been hooked on. But like of all time, uh, he loves Saga. In Genesis, and he he has a big soft spot for Bon Scott era. Okay, uh, specifically as one uh, should let there, let there be rock. He he yeah. remembers the day that he heard that album for the first time. It was the way that the music scene up here worked back in the day. From what I've been told, is the Bay Area, so San Francisco would yeah. get all the shipments first. And then it would trickle yeah. down to Sacramento because we're, you know, below the valley or whatever it is. Yeah. And my dad's friend was listening to this record who goes to San Francisco at the time to go get what's coming in, what's hot and all this stuff. And he goes, oh, what song is this? And and uh, my dad asked that. And my friend goes, oh, this is ACDC, you know, it's whatever. You know, I've had the album for a little bit. And he goes, Who's ACDC? And the friend's like, who's ACDC? <laughs> he goes, here, let me flip it to the A side. Dude. And and he literally, they, my dad just stopped what he was doing. He sat at his friend's house and listened to the whole thing front to back. The first rock album that I bought with my own money, well, I bought two albums that day. One was The Great White North, and that was uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Which yeah. Was, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Take off. Yeah. Take off, eh? Hey, Hoser. Oh, nice toque. (laughs) But uh, my first rock album that I bought with my own money was uh, ACDC Back in Black when it first came out. Oh, I have a, I have a, it's not significant, but on, it was like the 35th or 40th anniversary or something like that. It was a anniversary of the Back in Black album. There Mm -hmm. was a local radio show. It was called Jack FM. And they had a Facebook, and so they posted, um, you know, hey, this is blah 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 anniversary of Back in Black, yeah. and they posted shoot to thrill, and so Dude, what a great I just show. wanted I just wanted to get a ruse out of them, and I was very young, I was maybe like ten, and I was like, I made a really just 
baity troll comment. I was like, oh, celebrating the album of Back in Black decides to put shoe to throw, blah, 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 blah. It was like really condescending and like <laughs> it was pretty funny. And they're like, hey, kid, shoot to thrill is on the album. And then I replied back immediately. I was like, I know. I just wanted to troll you guys and get you guys. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> it was uh -huh. so funny. I mean, but to me, it was funny. To them, that's it was probably up for sure. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, okay, so hypothetically, someone very close to me, you know who Ingve Malmstein is, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So hypothetically, there was someone who looked very similar to I back in the late 80s. Very well, early. I'm sorry about this, too, but go on. So um, a friend of mine, or oops, hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. uh, was watching Ingve's cat, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, you have his number? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you use Ingve's number. Like, what are you going to do? I'm like, don't worry about it. So, dude, for years, years, like three years, I randomly fucked with them. <laughs> yeah, this is so-and-so uh, from the Internet uh, Internal Revenue Service. And due to these three shows, you played in Stenectady. And I'd come up with whatever and leave these random long five-minute yeah. voicemails. <laughs> so, sorry, Yngwie Malmsteen, hypothetically. Hypothetically. So that was I have a story. I have a story. When, when I was in seventh grade, I'm walking in my local mall. Uh -huh. And my buddy and I were talking about Ingvay. It, it was the weirdest. And I knew that he had a reputation of being kind of a kind of a D-bag. Like if you didn't sure. know yeah. who he just, was. Just, I was yeah, young. Yeah. I was young and I knew that. Yeah. And so I'm walking in my mall and I see this guy, leather everything, yeah. big old just gold chain, giant medallion. His hair is all poofed out. Like he's straight from the eighties and he's got just his woman with him. She's dressed to the nines and they got a kid and I'm looking at him and I'm watching him and he's got his big old biker glasses on. And I'm like, who is this guy? I'm looking, I'm looking and I'm like, it's, it's not registering who it is. And then I get home and immediately it clicked. I was like, mom, she's like, what, what happened? I was like, I'm an idiot. Why? What what happened? Did you fail? Did you forget your homework? What was I'm like Ingwe Maustein was in our mall and I was three feet from him and I didn't say anything. <laughs> she was like, How do you know? And I pulled up a picture. I go, That's the guy right there. That's who I was looking at, and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And I was by myself and nobody was there to witness it with me. <laughs> right. So I was yeah. my friends had had taken off to go do something and I got lost, but I was like, who is this guy? But yeah. thank God I didn't walk up and say, Hey man, who are you? Cause so I have a couple of hypothetical, uh, Ingve Malmstein stories, a couple more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, one time button South. Yeah. At the bar. Great place. Ingve, dude, don't do that on the, on the bar. Dude, the cops are everywhere. Ah, I'm all, I'll be all right. Uh, uh. Dude. Ingve, my girlfriend was the bartender there. I'm like, and she'd be like, dude, you can't do that on the bar. You know, mm. like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he got arrested hypothetically another time. <laughs> so we went to a, uh, um, an album signing and it was for, uh, Yngwie's rising force. And, uh, so we went down there 
and uh no, not rising force what was the next one jason do you remember um anyway so the second you know it was the second so anyway so i we're like hey man because everyone's got something to sign so me and jason or uh brian topel are waiting in line and uh brian topel uh his cousin dated randy rhodes wow his other cousin uh produced the uh flash dance movie and uh record and also is executive producer of the wonder years hmm. and uh so oh. anyway so we're there and uh he's like looking for something to sign you know and me and brian are both like i lean up i'm like hey man what is it with you like do you have a problem with singers or anything he's like oh no i think singers got a problems with themselves actually it's called <laughs> singer disease i'm like dude how can you go through a singer like how do you go through two singers in one album well, you, you know, you, you do have your Jeff Scott Soto theory, though. So yeah. Oh my God, I have a whole thing with Jeff Jeff Scott Soto. <laughs> like, why yeah. isn't that guy in one of the most legendary bands of all time for the past twenty years? Because he's that good. Yeah. You, know you never know. Yeah, exactly. So there's all these talented players. Like, I, that's one of the weird ones. That's like, this guy's so talented. He sings a bunch of my favorite songs, but yet he's not in a huge band. And by all instances, he should be. Yeah. Well, well sometimes they don't want that, you know. Yeah. Right. He's in a lot of bands, but yeah, you know. Yeah, Billy Sheehan, what a monster player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> speaking of Billy, so I, uh, on occasion, will pull up a bunch of people who I aspire to either work with or want their opinion on my music. So I hit up like people like Billy and Kenny Arnoff and Doug Aldrich and, mm -hmm. and just killer players. Yeah. And my message was, Hey, this is who I am. I've worked with Frank Hannon. I have an EP coming out. I'd be honored to hear your opinion. Mm -hmm. And I I was sitting there after I sent the message to Billy. And I was like, there's no, that like, I'm all, I, I can almost, bet for myself that i'm not even gonna get a response and so i wake right. up and he's like hey austin you know i'm really busy right now but you know maybe sometime in the future you know good luck with your music have a great day and i'm like well that's cool man rather than right, you right. Know, being rude or just yeah. leaving it on red at least at right. least he sent that and was he right. was cool about it yeah he know? seems to be a real genuine nice guy you know yeah, that's that's the vibe that I was getting too, and and I hit up people who I've watched in interviews and stuff, mm -hmm. who like have that about them. Like it's not just like the one time he was a good guy, and then the rest are right. just tankers. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like there's a, there's a handful of guys from me and Jason's generation. You know, um, you know, like they, you know, it's not the model that Bonamassa is using, but they strive for that, right? Because Joe figured it out. Whatever, oh, he, yeah. whatever he's doing, fucking right on, man. Like you yeah. definitely. And the fact that he's having like Gibson and Fender sell their own products on his website, like right. Dude. I mean, he figured it out. You know, but there's a yeah. handful of guys from the metal years, you know, George Lynch. So there's another mm -hmm. Michael Sweet and George Lynch album coming out. You, you listen to Striper at all, or did you growing up? A little bit, yeah. One of my favorite bands. 
uh, dude, you know, Michael likes, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe open up for Striper if they hit town, you know what I mean? Yeah, who knows? But uh, that's, sorry, that was my own little geek influence there. (laughs) No worries, man. But uh, Okay, so you picked Ted Nugent. Now, isn't it weird? Like, uh, I was having a conversation earlier with Paul. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about Nugent. And it's like so many people have forgotten like what a great fucking player that guy is. What what an amazing musician, guitar player. Oh yeah. There were, you know, the, maybe they're vegan or something else or they believe whatever it is. Cuz yeah. I don't care that cuz I'm talking about his music. Period. Whatever. Totally. Else yeah. I, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, owner, yeah. He makes a living. Let's just call it that. And mm-hmm. but Ted Nugent is a fucking monster. Oh yeah, like if and, I could, and he'll never get I, his really due. Like all the musicians love him, but the public won't give him his real due because of whateverism. Yeah, and you know, there's there's really good friends of mine who, whenever I bring up Ten Nugent, they're like, "Oh well, you know," blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, "I'm not talking about what he says. I'm talking about what he does." Yeah, there's a difference. Like, and I'm like, "Cat Scratch Fever." It, it that's like. That's like your favorite song. Like yeah. I love that song. Yeah. And I'm like, that's yeah. the that's the part of Ted Nugent that I'm referring to. Not right, 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 you know, right. Or, uh, you agree with it, disagree with it, whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah. You know? so, like I got a drum kit after 20 years of not playing on one, and that's the first song I play almost every day when I you know jam a little bit. It's Cat Scratch Fever because it's a <laughs> All right great on. song, man. Oh yeah. I watched his his drummer. Okay, so I have a I have a handful of almost well not almost but like instances where I've played with people or played in front of people who have been in his band. Yeah. And so the first time I ran into somebody who knew Ted was when I played the Whiskey a Go Go. Yeah. And I opened up for Strawberry Alarm Clock of all people. Wow. And their road manager was Ted's drummer in like '86. And so we're talking shop. He's like, oh, so, you know, what kind of music are you going to do? And I said, well, I have some originals and this and that. And we're going to end with Stranglehold. And this is L.A. This is the heart of L.A., right, as right, you know, right. V. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so he goes, are you sure you want to play Ted Nugent? Right. In Los Angeles, California. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Well, yeah, why not? I mean, it's it's. I, I'm not here to make a statement, which that song's making a statement, but I'm like, I'm here. To, it's an awesome tune. Like that's a finisher <laughs> right. at my regular shows. Yeah. So I have it on tape, which it shall not be released because the mix is horrible, but it's a great memory. Yeah. And, and hear the crowd. So I go, Hey, you know, this is our last song. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Does anybody in the crowd like Ted Nugent? <laughs> <laughs> at the time there's like half of them yelled no and the bartender screamed at the top of his lungs yes and and there's and there's this in the background yeah in order to keep my cool i was like well this one's for you sir so then we rip in the stranglehold and everybody's just started losing it they were like okay this is the greatest rock song oh totally oh yeah and so we get off the stage everything's packed up we're talking to the to Ted's old drummer. 
their tour manager and he goes, you know, I was really expecting you to, to attempt, you know, maybe cat scratch fever or something like that and just totally suck. And I got to give you props. You, you played one of Ted's, not only his longest song, but one of his, you know, technically more yeah. intricate yeah. as far yeah. as guitar players yeah, go. Technically, yeah. yeah. He goes, and you killed it. Like, and how old are you? I was like, uh, I'm 17 or 18 at the time. Mm. He goes, dude, you got to just keep sticking with it. Keep writing. And, and uh, you know, you got a good thing going on here. So that was the first time that I ran into to somebody who knew Ted. The second time, there was a period where California, basically our whole state was on fire. Mm-hmm. And like a, probably over half just decimated with because we we uh for whatever reason or another i don't think we we kept up on our force or something and it just swept terrible 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 stuff but my local music scene we threw a benefit for a town called paradise which is a neighboring city and isn't that where uh wayne caravel was living wasn't didn't he have his shop up there maybe i don't know I'm not sure. But um, so the host asked me what songs I want to do. And I was like, well, I don't know. What what music are you guys playing? Mm. And then without even without even giving me a choice, he goes, okay, you're going to play Stranglehold and Whole Lot of Love. That's your songs that you're doing. And like, didn't even ask. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So I get on stage. I'm playing with his drummer. His drummer just killed it. Like, oh my God, it was fantastic. Never played yeah. with each other. And we just, we locked in. And so unbeknownst to me, the guy who's the host, that, that drummer singer is, is talking with my dad. He goes, you know, you used to play with Ted Nugent, right? And my dad's like, what? He's like, oh yeah, yeah. He toured with Ted for like, you know, a couple of years. And, and uh, now he's here with me and that's super cool. And I only figured that out after the fact that I got home from the show. And it's good that I didn't know that because I totally would have gotten my head and messed it up. Right. And the last story, mini story that I have is, is here at the Monte, the Ronnie Montrose Remember Jam. Okay. And this dude, this young cat comes up, drummer, and just totally kills whatever it was. It might have been like Frankenstein or something like that, Egger Winner. And uh, they go, Oh, yeah, give it up for Jason Hartless, ladies and gentlemen, current drummer of Ted Nugent. And I was like, What? Like this cat is how old? I I think he's like thirty three now or something like that. He's really young, and uh, I looked him up immediately as soon as they said that, and I added him on Facebook. And so I've been like, we we don't talk or anything because he's always working with Ted and on tour and all this stuff. But it's so cool to see him like post videos of like, oh yeah, you know, end of cat scratch or end of stranglehold or yeah yeah uh, the drummer flow. the drummer from Dokken uh, was the drummer for like 20 years, and he just retired a few years back. Hmm. So that that's totally cool that uh, he's got a you know new guy on there. But uh, yeah, yeah, Nugent's a great player. One of the most underrated songs of all time. Okay, so since we've been doing these album by albums, and you know you love a band a lot, and like so okay, so we've been with bands that have fucking 15 albums in a row, and then mm-hmm. you're like oh. Then you listen to them when we do it, 
you have to listen to it all in a week. Ooh. That's a lot to like ingest, right? So oh, you, yeah. you get to literally listen to all the drama that happens in the band and the whatever and the record company bullshit and the wives mm-hmm. and the horses. And it's really interesting because a lot of the albums or the songs that you thought were okay either aren't or the songs that you didn't like, you're like, this song is bad ass and why did i not like this song right so i started dissecting songs in a different way listening to them now that i was being kind of a critic rather than just a fan you know Mm -hmm. hey baby by ted nugent oh yeah oh yeah dude that song is smoking hot you know oh smoking hot just like james burns uh um Dude, that love I feel song good. with Joe Bonamaro oh, is, is fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, smoking. Yeah, up. I just, I just remembered. There's another story, but it's actually so. I met Derek St. Holmes at Nam uh, two or three times. Dude, what one of the great and boys? Completely, rock completely and roll. by accident. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so I walk up to the Gibson booth because Frank. Frank Hannon was releasing his Love Dove, and this is 2020 Nam, right before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And I see Derek, and he's talking with these two ladies, and there's a giant Gibson structure, and apparently that was where Gibson artists go for like meet and greets. And I had no idea. So there's a long line of people, and I'm completely oblivious to the situation. I just go right up to the guy, and I was like, "Excuse me, Mr. Holmes." I'm a really big fan. My dad introduced me to, to you know, your debut album, Ted Nugent. Mm-hmm. You know, your voice is just, I was very like nervous. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. You know, it, it, your dad raised your right. I was like, yeah, could, could I maybe like snap a picture with you like really quick? And he's like, of course, man, no problem. So we take the picture and then they sent to him and it goes to that. That where all those people just saw me basically cut the line and (laughs) get a picture with him. And it it was just, it was so cool. And then that day we kept on like crossing paths and I almost think that he thought that I was like stalking him him. for a little bit because it was within the hour that I saw him again. And I like kind of gave him a head nod and he looked at me like, Oh, like what he, like his face was like, Oh no. Right. right, it was still, he was super cool. And then I got to see him uh, tear up Stranglehold with Phil X later that night at a oh, pro jam. Phil's a mom. You know what's cool is, you know, him and Ted are playing again here and there. Yeah. And that's just, you know, there's nothing, you know, that was all ego, Ted's ego getting in the way. There. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what great. Dude, his voice is just so amazing and crisp and clear. You know, totally. Even now. All that you don't found. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-mm. You know, but uh, all right, we're gonna wrap up the Christmas edition, the Xmas edition. Xmas. But Austin, awesome. dude, when you, well, yeah, Xmas Eve, when when you come out with your EP, if you want to come on to a listening party or whatever, or, you know, we'll review the album, whatever you want us to do, dude. Well, we're we're here for you. We love what you're doing. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, thanks uh, for having me on the show, man. I had a blast. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, you know, not every artist would uh, share Christmas, you know, weekend with you know two old guys talking from their, their <laughs> homes, having a little bit of bourbon or iced tea <laughs> and uh but that's totally cool of you man and uh uh when you come out to chicago let me know and uh 
I'll be there, whatever you're doing. And then maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, dude, anything we can do for you, we'd love to have you on. So absolutely. Yeah, man. Thanks guys. And Merry Christmas to you and uh, to your family. Likewise. Merry Christmas to you guys. And even your, your, uh, I forgot your term that you use your elf back there. Yeah. (laughs) That's Paul. That's hey, that's Paulie back there. yeah, your fan base is really cool. They've interacted yeah. with our page regularly, and they've been nothing but you know, straight up rock and rollers. Yeah. And you know, you seem yeah, like they're, they're amazing people. You seem like you're surrounded with the by a really good group of people who have a solid understanding of what's going on. Yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate and blessed in that regard. You know, and uh, uh, so yeah, so your parents did a great job. Shout out to your dad for me. Yes. And uh, um, as always, you know, oh, go and check out our uh, our tunage for Christmas. because We do that after the show. And last week, I kind of got a little really buzzed and they're funnier as they go. <laughs> but, you know, because people are watching at 6 a.m. And here I am with some bourbon. Good morning, people. But, Welcome to the show. Yeah, we did. A <laughs> Merry Christmas, baby was posted on Thursday by BB King, the one and only. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, you know, horns up, everybody, and uh, remember to watch some tunage. Austin Mo, great individual, uh, awesome musician. So go check it out, Austin Mo Experience. Look out for his uh, um, EP coming out uh, shortly in the new year. And horns up, everybody. And, uh, dude, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. Absolutely, man. And uh, we will see you soon, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. Jason, you got anything to say to these people? Just uh, Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Absolutely. Don't remember. Hit the like button. Share if you must. And subscribe, because that's... uh, how we can bring you better shows and i'm v that's jay and down below is mr austin mo and <laughs> if you want to hear some great music you want to play some mo austin mo everybody rock on merry christmas